0: i want to start off for the listener with what's available if you listen to this podcast all the way through and what what scott and i are going to be talking about is how we went from being like kind of scrubs like like really really bad (laughs) yeah man like, yeah, bad, bad, bad at dating to, yeah. hey, I'm consistently dating women that I'm attracted to. And it's mm. it's not this weird, stressful thing. It's like easy. It's easy getting dates. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for that in your life, if you're like, oh, I'm not happy with the way these things are turning out. Um, Scott and I are going to be breaking down what we think are the major shifts in who we are and what we believe. Mm. And how we show up that got us to that stage. So first, let me describe how I used to show up in dating. And and Scott, there's an invitation for you to do the same. Uh Uh, Yeah, jump in, whenever. But but for me, I think I spent a good chunk of my initial dating life um, trying to figure out what was the most attractive thing I could do. Like what's the most manly thing that I could do? What would be the most attractive to women? And so I just memorized like a bunch of rules about how I should interact with people. Four seconds of eye contact, make statements, don't ask a bunch of questions, mirror their body language, the whole nine, right? I was paying attention to how I was ending my my tonality in sentences, like the up the up question, like the question. You don't want to end with that because that's not alpha. Like it was it was all about how do I optimize myself for attractiveness? Um, and there was a there was a lot of like kind of just pretending to be like dominant, pretending to be confident, pretending to be energetic and funny. Um, and I think there was a lot of personal contortion that came with it too. Like, oh, I have to be this person. And that person definitely wasn't me. Um, I remember also just like, uh, this general theme of like trying to make up for who I was like, Oh, I'm not interesting. So let me do a bunch of things that other people would find interesting. And maybe that will make me interesting to them. Um, so I was traveling, but I wasn't traveling for me. I was learning how to surf, but I mm-hmm. fucking hate the cold water. So why, why was I doing that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also noticed there was this thing of like, Hey, this woman she's the one you know i'm not i'm not super attracted to her but she's she's the one who would tolerate me mm. um so it was it was definitely coming from this place of deficiency i would need to desperately fix who i am and maybe if i raise my value enough then someone will want to date me what was it what it was like for you man what did you go through
1: fuck dude I, I don't think i really learned how to date until a few months ago mm. honestly man i I, yeah, I don't, I, I was married for a long time and had three kids. And I mean, I went on one date with my then wife and we lived together after that. So I, I mean, I had no skill, no self-aware and very little self-awareness. No, I didn't understand. I And, I, and before, prior to that, I was like drunk and high. From the age of 12 till I was 36 so I you know just going into bars and being around people who were drunk and high and it was like if you could hook up with someone and make out with them and fuck them then that's how it happened it wasn't dating it wasn't it was a mess dude (laughs) when I think about it when I'm listening to you I'm like dude that sounds like way more advanced than uh, anything I ever learned. I don't think it was until uh, I did this training called pathways that I really started to understand and see my patterns in relationship. Um, I had taken some time off after my first divorce and really got to work on myself. Um, and then I think I went to the relationship school and that's when I really started to learn. So that was 2015, 16. So this is 2022. And I re- honestly really don't think it started to happen for me until really recently, maybe the last couple of years, um, really embodying, really understanding, like taking ownership of my, of my experience and understanding who I was and, um, Yeah. It's been this really crazy journey. And then recently it's just going for it. Like just, if I see somebody, I see a woman that I'm attracted to, there's hesitation. There's, you know, I feel the fear and then it's just like, there's something that just has me move towards that. Like I have, embodied this understanding that I cannot be rejected by a woman. Damn. That if I have a, yeah, yeah, man. If I have a want and I see someone that I'm attracted to that, if I don't honor that, then I'm rejecting myself. She can say no. And what I've really learned to do is say, thank you for your no, which is a great thing. If that person says no to me, I, you know, I'm not interested. It doesn't mean I've learned to not take it personally. It doesn't mean anything about me. It's them simply saying no. And we can talk about spirituality and nothing in life has any meaning until I assign it meaning. But that's the truth. In reality, she said no. Anything on top of that is something I'm creating in my own. I'm creating a narrative in my own mind. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. She said no. Her opinion of me is none of my business. I know who I am. So it's like, I'm just learning and feeling into that and
0: shit. Hold on. Yeah, I want to jump in. I want to under- yeah, go for I want it, to man. underscore that. Yeah. If sure. if you're listening right now, I think what Scott's describing is was really important to me as well. And it was like what I what I think I'm hearing is this switch from external validation to yes. internal validation. Yes. That's the big
1: thing, Rob. That is that was the turning point in my life. And it's still a process. It's not like for the listener, it, it, you know, I don't know if there's ever a point where you're fully in that. And I imagine for some people that it is, I don't know my, for my experience is yeah. Learning. I was brought up, I think like most people conditioned or whatever, that validation comes from the outside and then, you know, outside in, which makes sense because look at when we were born, we needed that from the outside in. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're adults and we're learning that it's our responsibility to take, um, it's, it's our duty to take personal responsibility for our experience, which now I know is from the inside out. Love doesn't come from external sources. Validation doesn't come from external. So I'm an adult now. Now it's my responsibility to regulate my own nervous system to make determine what something means and so when somebody says no to me that's all it means no
0: i yeah whoa yeah i want to play with that idea a little bit because that feels really important and that's something i haven't actually looked at before but if if i think about that right when i'm a baby I, I don't actually have the ability to change my experience. I don't have the tools, I don't have mm-hmm. the brain power to right. like, I'm sad, I don't wanna be sad, let me not be sad. I actually am relying on the outside environment to change things for me. So that's the truth. And then mm-hmm. what, what I think I hear you saying is that like as we enter adulthood, there's this transition of responsibility. If I want to continue to operate as a child or as a baby, then I'm putting the responsibility on other people. Hey, this person needs to make me happy, but if I want to begin to get mastery over my own domain, if I want to begin sourcing my validation internally, um, that means I need to take control of my internal experience too. Is is that what you're saying?
1: That's exactly right, Rob. Yeah, that's that that is uh, that's exactly it. Yeah, absolutely, you know, hundred percent. And it's weird because I was thinking about it today, and I'm like no wonder human beings are kind of lost around you know relationship and in dating and all that stuff because we were you know we when we were babies and we didn't have you know the understanding that it was our you know, we didn't ha- we didn't have the understanding that you know or or the wherewithal or the awareness we needed our parents we needed the big people we needed others to help us regulate and now it's like, oh, I get to do that for me, which is powerful because it take it puts the power back into my hands, and I'm not a victim anymore. It it my well being is not dependent or hinged on my kids, my wife, my partner, my coworkers. Like it's all up to me, and that's powerful, man. I get to do that for myself, you know.
0: It's, what, it's, it's a, wild to me that like hey as a culture, we don't actually point to this transition. not anymore. Yeah. like it feels like the old rites of passage might have been there for that. The old coming of age things might have been there for that. but like no one ever once told me like, hey, you're an adult now, but but that also means everything that you experience is yours. like it's your responsibility to handle. It's no longer mine. Um, And it would have been, it would have been cool to have that torch passed along. I think it would have made dating and relationships a lot clearer in the beginning, maybe more challenging too. I don't know if I would have been able to do a good job of it right when I first turned 18, but at least knowing like, Hey, this is it. This is the change. Um, Rather than like, Hey, you can smoke now. Hey, you can vote now. What the (laughs) fuck does that mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean exactly? Like that, yeah, that doesn't help. Or you, yeah, you can drink now. Like that's, yeah, here, this will help you with your relationship. (laughs) Yeah, This will help you be more authentic. Not like it actually pulls you, it pulled me further away. Like that was another thing, like alcohol, drugs, you know, all these different substances pulled me further away from the truth, from my authenticity, from my, from my heart. And I see that that's how we are taught in some ways, it's kind of a rite of passage or a way we learn to connect with others is to disconnect from ourselves, which makes absolutely no sense. You know, let's drink to get so fucked up that I have no, I'm numbed out to the point where I can barely stand. And then that makes it easier for me to connect. How is that so? I'm a, well, I'm a pile of shit, man. Like I'm nothing remotely close to who I am authentically. And yes, I'll fuck you. What?
0: <laughs> well, so I, you know that there there is sort of, I think that I can see some justification for it, but but it's not like a healthy behavior for sure. But when when I look at how like alcohol works, um, it's it. It's it works off a of GABA, which which would disable parts of the brain, mm. and so if I look at it from a pure unconscious level, um, and, and this might be just a bit of compassion for people who have done this in the past, okay. right? I'm raising my hand,
1: listeners. Uh, I have done that all up up until very recently.
0: Yeah. yeah well, not No,
1: not recently. I'm sorry. Twenty years I haven't had a drink. So, I digress. Anyway. <laughs> I have not, but up until 20 years ago, I I did.
0: Okay. Yeah. Congratulations first. And let me, let me tie that to the the overall theme here. So with, with alcohol, we're disabling parts of our brain. And, and I could see that Mm -hmm. if I did not have the training or the mentorship or the guidance necessary for me to reprogram my own brain, I might I might need alcohol to shut down all the programming that I had yeah. And, but yeah, is, is that me authentic i I don't know that's me impaired um, and, <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 to, to to bring it back one more level to zoom out one more level, why am I talking about this? Why is Scott talking about this? What is the relevance to dating and the relevance here is. The changes in our dating lives happened because we started to get more authentic about who we were. It's it's still that transition from baby or child mindset to man mindset. Um, how do I show up as me rather than as the child who's trying not to get hurt or left behind by my parents, right? Um, and we map that relationship to all of our other relationships, including romantic relationship. So maybe in the beginning, you might have found yourself really people-pleasing with your partner. Hey, I'll do anything to keep them, Mm. right? And all of us have gone through that. Yeah, We've sacrificed money. like We've bought them huge gifts. We've given them all the time in the world. We've sacrificed what we believed in for that other person. And it's not their fault, right? It's just, hey, this is how we grew up and learned to be in the world as children. But as you begin to set that aside, it's a process of, oh is it really okay for me to go for what i want and what if what you want is really attractive fucking sexy beautiful intelligent women well hey i've never been able to go for what i want before that was a problem that got me in trouble before going for what i want got me timeouts and like hit right Mm. so there's this pro there's a huge degree of deeply embedded programming around dating and relationships that we need to overcome and as scott was saying the minute we start going for what we want, we're beginning to decondition that that's part of the process, but be aware, like this is the grander arc of things. It's not that you need to learn the proper strategy to become more attractive. You will naturally become more attractive as you pursue the things that you want to pursue. But first, first, you got to get authentic about where am I pretending in my life? And I'm I'm going to leave it off there. Anything? Yeah, no. Point, man?
1: Uh... I'm just thinking about like past experiences and women I'm talking to now and just what, yeah, I think it's just unapologetically powerfully going for what you want. And uh, like, it's fun. Like, it's really fun. Like it's not a, it's not a game, but it's, it's, it's so much fun. And I think, I, I think women appreciate that about a man who, unapologetically powerfully goes for what he wants. I think that is the attraction. Like, wow, this guy, he's a little bit different than most of the other guys. Whereas these other guys are more timid and shy and, you know, whatever. And man, I'm just like, you know, put my arm around their neck and pull them towards me, man. Like, Hey, you know, let's uh, I don't know. I think you're beautiful. And my name's Scott and let's go out for coffee or whatever it is, man. I, I just, I I think that's, I don't know. that For me, that just has been fun. It's been a really enjoyable thing because I never did that before. I was always too scared or, you know, I didn't think highly enough of myself. And now it's like, you know what? Life's too short, man, not to go for what you want.
0: Yeah. Let's do it. Actually, what this is bringing up for me is also like the caveat of like, Hey, Scott is doing these things, but he's also doing these things with unattachment. He's okay if she says no and throws off his arm. Like he won't react and call her a bitch or try to hit her or whatever. No. And a lot of guys will because that pain of rejection hurts so much. Which which and I, I want to highlight this, right? His ability to do these things and take these risks and have fun in these situations is predicated one on he doesn't have any expectations of other people, right? It's yeah. going to work out or it's not. Whatever, either way, fun. And the other piece is Scott knows how to handle his emotions too. Like it's it's not that we're afraid of someone saying no to us. Like fuck it, it's just a word. It's a one syllable word. It's got two letters, fine. The problem is our systems can react poorly to that word. We make it mean a lot of different things. And if Scott knows how to mitigate the impact of that no, then he's bulletproof. He's going to have a good fucking time. If he doesn't, and he's like most most men right then that's where the problems start so yeah. a big chunk of this is yes have fun but it's also like hey in order to have fun there's a foundation that needs to be built up here and once you have that foundation it will be it will be one of the most enjoyable things you've ever done
1: yeah man i agree like i'm curious what your process has been around building that foundation around settling your nervous system around being able to be you know calm and still and not you know when somebody says no you're not like you said earlier oh she's a fucking bitch or there's something wrong with her because that is very i think that's very typical of a lot of men that they take it personally like and so they project that onto the you know to the to the
0: other person um yeah i'm super curious how you've worked with that over the years yeah man uh that's a good question and there were like layers to it I would say layer one was responsibility. My experience, I'm feeling it, it's mine. It's mine to handle. Mm-hmm. Their experience, they're feeling it, it's theirs. Just getting clear on that, right? And anytime that I I thought that someone else was being a jerk or whatever, or being mean, it was kind of just di- reeling it back and recognizing like, nope, that's me, you know? Um, it's just my experience. But that didn't necessarily help that much in the beginning. It, it became a, <laughs> a, a pain point because even though I knew that this was an experience I was generating for myself, I, it didn't give me the ability to control that experience. Yeah, and from there I tried a lot of different things, man. I tried psychedelics. I I went to therapy for a good number of years. I did Landmark. I did the relationship school. I studied relational models. Um, I did CBT like. A lot a lot of different things I even tried oxytocin for a while which if if you do if you know your psychology if you've been listening to this um, oxytocin is like the bonding neurotransmitter it's what happens mm-hmm. when we have sex or like when we spend time holding someone we start to feel really good and connected mm-hmm. I was doing that right just to deal with the emotions that were coming up none of those were actually like a lasting solution not even trauma work like delving into past pain. Does not necessarily mean that you get less reactive over time. I think it actually makes people more reactive if they're not doing it the right way. Mm. What worked for me though was exactly what we talk about on this podcast. It it was meditation, mm-hmm. but it's it's like let me be with this discomfort. I'm I'm still gonna take my big swings. I'm gonna go for what I want. I'm gonna follow my intuition. There's a pull to talk to that person. Okay, I'm talking to that person. Hey. I don't know what it is. I'm drawn to you. Would love to figure out where that's headed. Mm. When a reaction comes up, I I now just I fucking would sit in it. I bake in yeah. it, and and yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily trying to fix it anymore. I I think I I was for a very long time, and there's nothing wrong with trying to fix it. Um, I think that we all start off at that point because it's so uncomfortable. Of course, you want to fix it. But at a certain point of mastery, that desire to fix it will go away. And it's just like, yeah, this will go away on its own. But it took like really, like the first few tries were really hard, man. They hurt so badly. It was just like, fuck. Like I I wanted to like hurl myself into a wall or like, you know, like drink a bunch or just drive really anything to get away from that feeling. It's like I want it like, like needing to scream, but like not being able to. And it was sitting in that heat and breathing and feeling it until it went away. And then it was like, Oh fuck, wait, hold on. I do have control here. Mm. I do have control over this experience. Um, and people, people try to, uh, well, that's a generalization. I used to, I used to try to get out of that by like working out a bunch. And then my body started breaking down after 30. It's like, Oh fuck, I can't escape it anymore. Um, You know, the only thing that's sustainable is sit, feel, breathe, be here. And anytime I catch myself in my thoughts, I go back to the body sensation and I breathe again. And over time, things just started hurting less. It's it's like I inoculated myself against that emotional pain. And what a huge fucking relief that was. My God, dude, that was that was night and day it was like five, like for the first time like there's there is hope like there is hope there is there's a way for me to get out of this um so i i would say that's my trajectory
1: same no same for me i was listening to you talking i'm like it's simple right simple sit and feel and breathe and sit and feel and breathe and sit and feel and breathe and i'm thinking about the listener like somebody out there who's maybe wondering well what do you mean sit and feel and breathe like sit and feel and breathe? Like I had to utilize you in this, you know, this coaching and um, you know, therapy and things of that nature to learn how to regulate myself. I I can do it better now by myself. And I still need spaces like this, like just talking about it, listening to you um, talk about your process and how you've evolved. And it's the, it's the absolute truth. So I, I, how do we explain like to, the, you know, meditate, like it's, it's the move. Like you have to sit and feel your feelings, man. That's, it's that simple. And yeah. over time you become less reactive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a good question. And I, I think the analogy that comes to mind is like, well, well, first off, I, maybe what maybe what there is to point out is like the thing that causes us problems is the part of the brain that's looking for problems and like also mm-hmm. just like really wanting to fix them and solve them. Um, and when we can't fix or solve a problem, it drives us nuts, right? Like it's just like, <laughs> like yeah. there's a mosquito in my tent and I can't get rid of it, and like we just stay up all night just like ah, like where is that fucker? Like, <laughs> You know, and yeah. <laughs> it's just the problem-solving part of her brain. Of course, there's the physical discomfort of itching or whatever. But like, is it enough to lose an entire night's worth of rest? Probably not. It's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, So when, when the human mind runs into a problem, it's very natural for us to then go and like, okay, well, what was I doing before? Let me go and do the opposite. I'll do the opposite. I was dating... Uh, really emotionally closed off women before. Now I'm going to date super emotional women, women who are Mm. really emotional. That'll fix it. (laughs) Oh, fuck, really emotional women. That's too much. Okay, I'm not going to date really emotional. I'm going to date women who go to therapy. Women who go to therapy. Nope, that's not it. (laughs) Then like We just are going to date women who don't go to therapy, who don't believe in that. And we just keep on reacting, 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 looking for the next magic bullet. When the thing to do is like, if I'm driving in traffic and in like, this is, this is stressing me out. I'm getting road rage. The yeah. answer is to not reverse into traffic because it's different from what we're doing. It's to, <laughs> it's, 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 pull over just yeah. stop, And, and it's a practice of non doing, which is one of the most frustrating, like what the fuck kind of practices in the beginning. Right? Cause it's like, yeah. we don't have any training a non-doing. When I don't have to take any action, what do I do? Like the brain naturally wants to take action. And so I I think, I think that it's a process of just getting comfortable with that, just allowing. Mm. And, And as I allow and allow, and as I try less and less, as I put less and less effort into trying to fix the situation i'm i'm training my brain to not reflexively go into fix it mode and then i can do it for longer and longer periods of time and and that that is what i mean and i I guess i'm wondering if that is clear or if you feel like someone who would never heard of that before wouldn't be able to make sense of it
1: Hmm. yeah i think it's a little bit abstract like i think I think all of this is like, until you get some really like solid tools, like, <clears throat> um, you know, listening, active and reflective listening, you know, listening to understand. And I think it's ultimately listening to yourself first, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, man. I,
0: it it does actually, I, I can riff off of that. Actually. It's giving cool. me some ideas here. Um, Here's, here's what would help in concrete terms. Um, if you're doing this for the first time, cut off as many senses as you can. So you want to close your eyes, you want to put in earplugs or wear a headset or whatever like that. Um, be in a place that doesn't have a lot of distractions. You might even do a float chamber or something if that doesn't give yeah. you anxiety. But the idea here is that when I shut off as much as I can of the input, I'm just kind of breathing and waiting for everything to settle down. Um, and as things begin to settle down and I just continue to breathe and be patient with it, eyes closed, listening to the silence, there will arise a place of deep and absolute stillness and inner peace. And your goal is to spend as much time as you can just kind of maintaining that space just breathing and slowing down
1: yeah dude this is great i'm so glad you said that that is what the practice of meditation is for so you can access that place so you eliminate all the outside noises and all the sensory stuff so yesterday i'm at uh i volunteer at this after school program and i help uh i actually do a, a program a running program it's kind of a rite of passage for young men and there's there's young girls there too and i love i love kids man and so i'm out on the playground and there's 20 30 kids and they're screaming yelling scott swing cuz scott swing scott and i just you know what I, I started to do i started to scream with them and all the other uh volunteers had like their hands over their ears and they couldn't handle it and inside of me was this absolute calm stillness. And I was looking around with this huge smile on my face and I'm like, that's it. There was nothing that could shake me. And I'm a, I'm a father of three children. And I remember at one point with just three children, it was so chaotic inside my head And here. I was like, oh my God, all of the years and practice of meditation and being still in inner contemplation was like Oh my God, this is so amazing. These kids were out of control. Like you would think they were out of control. And I was like, can you please go crazier? Because there's nothing inside of me that's being shaken. Like this outside world had no effect on me. And I was loving it. I, I, I realized it was like enlightenment. I'm like, oh my God, I am so still inside of myself that I can handle this without any sort of reaction. And it was an aha moment. And so sitting still and practicing, accessing that place you just mentioned is it's so necessary because it's going to help you inside of all your relationships, man. You're not going to be reactive. You're going to be able to to actually hold space for other people and like allow them to allow these children to be children. Scream, yell, scream with them. Allow them to just be fully self-expressed. And after a certain period of time, that's going to just stop. And it's because you were able to hold it, you weren't reactive. It was so beautiful, Rob. It was so fucking beautiful to be in that space. 20, 30 kids just flipping out, man. And I'm just (laughs) standing in the middle of it, watching them swing as I swing them and just running around. It was just, it, it would have seemed to most outsiders like absolute mayhem and chaos. And there's no fucking way. And I was just like, this is heaven, actually. This is actual heaven.
0: That's, that's the perfect example here. That's the perfect example here. And like, if, if you're listening, like you, you can look in on that situation and be like, oh, yeah, this, this human being stands out. That's the way women see him, right? Mm. And it's because of that inner stillness he has the ability to be with things that other people can't be with. That's how he stands out. It's not like some magic attraction formula where he's like deliberately try. No, he's having a fucking great time. This is play for him. <laughs> yeah. But only because he has the inner quiet, right? And if you can get rooted in that quiet, you'll find that you have the ability to be with anything that arises. I, I had a friend who had his arm dislocated and he was just hanging mm. out in the emergency room, waiting room for five hours.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: You know what he was doing during that time? I don't know why. Sudoku. He was just like, he was just like, what? like he's, he was, he was doing like a number game, like where you fill oh. in the grid of like, oh, like I need the numbers one through nine on this line and it's got to fit this for, <laughs> and it was just like, and it's because he meditates so fucking much. Like he, the story around the pain was gone. So it was just physical sensation. So he wasn't suffering. It was just like, yep, my arm kind of hurts. Might as well do this game. Like it was just, he didn't care. Yeah. And And the line i want to draw to like dating and relationships is when we're dating when we're in relationships there are going to be moments of like really intense feelings and pain like that shit comes up all the time um yeah and scott's ability to bring that stillness with him no matter where he is means that he can show up and play even if he's feeling uncomfortable inside of relationships too and That is one of the most powerful things that you could possibly fucking do. Like, you want to be attractive? That's it. That's the secret. Um, You, you have stillness and joy when everyone else is freaking out.
1: Yeah, and
0: and women can feel that,
1: man. And 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 men, because I had, you you know. Thank. First of all, thank you for saying that, Rob. And I know you possess the same, you know, the same. uh, You possess the same. You've been practicing this stuff, you know, as long as I have. And that's it, man. Like other men, like a yo- this young, younger man, who's also a volunteer there asked me yesterday after he saw me, he goes, dude, what, what is it, man? What I have, I can't deal with this, man. It's, it's insane. He's like, stop. He's screaming. And I just shared a, a five minute meditation with him. And he has two small children and he's in his early twenties. And I said, Hey man, you're doing a great job. Nobody just try it on that. Nobody taught you. And I shared a five minute mindfulness meditation. I said, listen, bookmark your day here at work. And before you go home, just do this, listen to this for five minutes and then go in and be with your family. And I said, text me after and tell me what your experience was. And he said, Scott, that was so helpful. He goes, I was less anxious. I I was able to be with my kids and not be as reactive. So thank you for that. And this is, these are skills that we have haven't practiced. So for the listener, you have to start somewhere and start with a couple of minutes of listening to a, a a YouTube mindfulness meditation or whatever it is, but you have, it's a practice. It's like anything else. It's learning, like learning to play the piano, like learning to play the guitar, like, like whatever it is that you want to get good at. If you want to be good at relationship, you're, you're going to start practicing meditation and it's going to help you in every aspect of your life. You know, um, your relationship to money. Cause for me, money is a difficult situation, man. I'm super uncomfortable when money issues come up and I feel that same uncomfortable feeling when I go to ask a woman out, it doesn't go away. It's just that I'm better able to be with it, name it, not go into some sort of narrative, and then move towards it. That's what meditation has helped me. So you're not going to get away from feeling uncomfortable in any situation when it comes to dating. And instead of running from it, what I've learned to do is that's a cue for me to move towards it. Like, oh, this doesn't mean that I'm going to be rejected. Actually, it's like, you have no idea. The unknown... Is the beautiful thing to step into because you're recreating yourself there. So, like I said, re- rejection only comes from here, my side. I can only reject me. Is that esoteric as that may sound or whatever? It's the truth for me. I only reject me. Nothing out again. No external validation ne- necessary. If somebody says no, it's like thank you for your no. I appreciate you. Thank you for your honesty and it just gets me to move to the next to the next adventure to the next person who's going to be a yes or maybe another no that's fine like that person wasn't for me anyway, or that person wasn't for you anyway so it's no sense there's no sense in taking it personally you know
0: yeah l- l- i want to break down the system that you just described here because it's it's like this is the win condition right when you have these things in place You win. This is how this works. So first, what Scott's talking about is following intuition or following what he wants. Hey, this is the thing that I want. So he's going for it. Having that that in place will only get you towards your goal, right? It will only help you achieve your goal if you have the ability to find that stillness, find that inner peace afterwards Mm -hmm. if things don't work out. The reason why this works, the reason why this is a win condition, a system that doesn't fail is that when he takes that action, he's either going to get his result or he's not going to get his result. And he's going to deal with the reaction that his system has to not getting that result. That's the thing that keeps people from becoming successful in business. That's the thing that keeps people from getting the woman or man that they want that aftermath. He resolves that the next time. He listens to his intuition. He goes for what he wants. Beautiful woman. She says no. This time the reaction is smaller. It's like half of what it was. And you keep on going until it's like, yeah, that's not a big deal. I can survive that. I can process that pain in like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And now, now there's no fear. Now it hurts even less when someone says no. Now he cannot take it personally. Now he's just talking to whoever he wants to. Is he going to get to date a beautiful woman by the end of the month? Yeah. Fuck yeah. He's probably going to go on a date like every other day because he's not being stopped by that usual like fear and like, ugh, like gross emotional space. Yeah. And this applies to any goal. The thing that stops us is not not knowing what to do. It's just the emotional backlash of not getting what we want. And the more you can handle that, the more you get exactly what you want. Amen well said sir yeah it's that simple it really is
1: i and i've noticed over the last few interactions with um with a really good friend uh that my brain gets rewired in these like literally like i can almost feel my nervous system like reacclimating and my brain being rewired and that's the beautiful thing about relationship like the more you do this, like you said, Rob, the bet the the less it's going to hurt, and, and that's that's the thing. So, if you move towards that uncomfortable feeling and and do it, because like you said, the next time it's going to feel less fearful. You're gonna you're not going to feel it as it's not going to be as difficult. It's going to get easier and easier as you move towards that thing. You're like, oh, I've done this a million times. It's like anything. What does it take ten thousand hours to be really good at something?
0: That's what I've heard. I, yeah. I I question even that. Like I feel like yeah. I feel like it could be way, way, way less than that. Like once you hit your stride with this, like it could be like a hundred hours. It could be twenty hours, and you would still get to a point of like, yeah, this doesn't phase me.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think you're right, man, because I've noticed it in myself that when I see a beautiful woman now, I turn like the other day I was at yoga, I turned around and I saw this girl and she was looking at me. I'm like, I took a double take and I looked back at her and You know, I was like, hey, what's your name? And we just started to talk. And then the next thing I know, she's like, grabs my arm and pulls me over towards her friends, introducing me. Hey, what are you doing? What do you do? You want to come downstairs with us? And I'm like, this is awesome, (laughs) man. Like, I'm really, well, once you can get past that, like what I'm noticing is when that discomfort isn't through the practice of meditation and literal practice inside of asking women out, as I get stiller in myself, I'm better able to notice this woman is attracted to me or there's a connection here. And instead of it being like this reactive thing, it's like, I'm drawn to her and like, Hey, I feel like a really nice connection with you. And and all that other, like you said, that ugly, uncomfortable shit isn't in the way anymore. Then my authentic self is there. It's like, my heart is there. My, my authenticity is there and i think they can feel that and like just like the other thing you women can feel stillness from a man and i think that's what they want and i don't know because i've never been in any other body but a male body and i think the feminine digs cuz they're a little bit more i'm in my experience women are a little bit more you know like movement flowy and if i am still and grounded in myself i think they can feel that and they gravitate towards that but if I'm all nervous and discombobulated, that's not going to be super attractive. They're going to feel that too, and maybe be like, "Eh." So, I just wanted to throw that out there. That that, uh, yeah, that just felt really true for me. Yeah, in my I, experience.
0: I think that's that's a big thing to point out too. Like in these situations, you're you're going to start to get opportunities to see, at you the listener, where where your mind just makes up this weird catastrophic story about what's happening. Like for me, um, I just recently started doing contact improv, which is like you use someone else's body as like a prop for you to dance around and on oh. and and they do the same thing for you. Um, and inside of that space, it is your job to like go up to people and then like just interact with them. You don't even ask them if they want to dance. You're just like there and you're like sort of like brush your forearm against theirs and like see if if they if they want to dance with you and so for me this is like literally one of the most confronting and painful things it's like fuck i'm just gonna get rejected i'm by myself like look at all those other people dancing with one another there's like a couple of people cuddling on the floor like fuck why am i not that person yeah good and- question Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm busy making myself wrong. Like I'm a loser. I'm not attractive. Like I should be doing something different. And and the craziest thing is, you know, the moment that I, I would just like bump into someone, like immediately they'd engage and they start dancing with me. And I began to see like I'd constructed this like illusory prison in my own mind of like it was just filled with so much suffering and it was so far removed from actual reality. I'm only as alone as I allow myself to be, and it it really hit me in that moment, like shit, I've been making up this entire story about like how unattractive I am and and it doesn't have to be that way, but it really just took like five seconds of insane bravery. Like you just do the thing. And then on the other side is like, oh, wow, like this is what reality actually is. And so you, I, I guess if I were to close this off, I, I would say one, like follow what Scott's saying. When you have downtime, try on meditation. Just give it a few minutes at a time. And the second piece is give yourself the opportunity to discover what the truth is. Begin to take those little risks. See what's on the other side. The more you can shatter the illusion of who you think you are, versus discovering who you actually are, um, man. There's so much. There's so much freedom available from that.
1: Yeah, man. That that's great. I love that story about when what you were saying, like when you were dancing, and rather than dancing, you were in your head around t- making up a narrative that you were unattractive, and that you know nobody wanted to dance with you and then you just went and danced with that person and then it was a completely different story you created you know a, a different reality and, and that's beautiful you know taking action i like i don't know if bravery you use the word bravery i i that's it that, that's super important like just create your reality your your mind creates your reality either way um and reality is only relatively real so you're in the space to dance and you're not dancing. Yeah, of course you you don't feel attractive because you're not, <laughs> you know, because you're not doing what you're there to do. and That's what you went there to do. And that if you did the thing that you went there to do, then you would feel that way you wanted to feel, which is attractive. <laughs> like it's so simple, uh, but I'm going to sit here and not dance and I'm yeah. I'm not going to dance. I'm not attractive. Of course you're not because you're not. You know, and, until you are.
0: And yeah, I, I want to, and, and I want to give a sense of how insidious this trap is. Like there, there are some of us out there who are wandering around thinking that we're not attractive. And if I had just bought into that story fully, if I just frozen up, right, and not and it stayed in my corner feeling bad about myself, I would have walked away from that experience with the full and concrete knowledge, hey, no one dance with me, I must not be attractive. And how much less likely am I to like take that risk next time? No, I'm not attractive, I won't do that again. And so this there's this spiral that happens in reality of like, oh, like belief, 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 belief. And then all of a sudden I actually am unattractive because I've stopped taking care of myself and going out and I hate me, right? Versus just taking a risk enough to shatter the illusion oh, I am attractive. Maybe I should start talking to more attractive women. Maybe I should start going more for what I want. And it's going in the other way. So much of this, right, is not based on what's happening in factual reality. It's based on what's happening up here in my mind. And it's really hard to know the difference sometimes. And if you can, in the moment, it's worth it to just reality test. Give it a shot. See what happens.
1: That's it, man. That's it. And I'll say one more thing when practicing something new, like what Rob's talking about, this has been really helpful for me. Give yourself permission to be sloppy. That's that was a, I I said this on other podcasts. Like I say it out loud, Scott, I give you permission to be sloppy around practicing this. And when you fall down, not if, but when because it is going to happen that you're just committed to getting up dusting yourself off and moving forward. And that has been a game changer for me in my experience, because when you're practicing something new, it does feel uncomfortable. It's supposed to, you don't have any competency in this area yet or very little. So when you say, Hey, it's okay, man, from the inside, again, internal validation, I am not going to be great at this. I'm learning something new. It's okay. Scott keep going. Made a big difference for me. That's the only thing that I would add.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's huge too. I would say that's that's just as important, if not more important, than all the other things that we've talked about here today. Having the system in place is great, but if if I'm using the system to beat myself up more, that's right. that's, that's not gonna help. <laughs> yeah,
1: and you're there. You go unattractive again. Be you know when you're not, you can't. There's no way if you're beating yourself up, are you going to Go do the thing again. You're like, I sucked at that. I'm yeah. not going to do that again, or whatever the case may be. Just yeah. know that those emotions are, are are an intelligence in our system. To get, you know, just pay attention. It's okay. You're supposed to feel a little bit awkward. And I went to a a, a karaoke brunch, um, and yeah, it was super awkward, man. You know, I was the only white guy there <laughs> with a with a, and the only white girl, and it was. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it! I immediately went up to the first person I saw and introduced myself and broke the ice and you know was like, okay, it's all it's all good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um. I I want to continue to vibe out here, but I I know that we've had kind of a longer episode here today, and um, I think this is it. This is the full system. So if you want to know how to transition from scrub to whatever the equivalent is i don't know dating who you want to date if you if you want to stop feeling unattractive (laughs) this this is how we got there um so yeah as usual if you got something out of this episode be sure to rate us on the uh, what is it? The Apple Store, I guess. The Apple, I don't know. iTunes, iTunes. It must be iTunes. iTunes.
1: Yeah. The Google, the the Twitter, the the, the Instagram, whatever. Just gonna yeah.
0: throw now in front of all these, yeah. <laughs> the YouTubes, <laughs> the, YouTubes. <laughs> the YouTubes. Rate us on the. We're not on the YouTubes, but if you can rate we're us on the YouTubes, on the YouTubes, that YouTubes would be, that would man. be great.
1: No, we're gonna be one day though
0: yeah 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 all right yeah it's 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 been real thank you for being here we love you and i I think with that i'm out anything for you man
1: i am out with that as well thank you peace peace